from the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Joining me now is a knife fighting expert and legend James LaFond and author. <laughs> Thank you. Would you lead with author or knife fighting legend? Asshole. It's usually, it's usually like, <laughs> all my girlfriends call me asshole. But you get paid for that. <laughs> That's just extracurricular <laughs> shit, man. I mean, we all get called that. Pete McMahon, 38 year city cop, getting off the job. Have you ever seen somebody who looked more like a city cop who's retiring? And, and we're in a park. We're, we're, we're in a park on, I guess this would be the East Village, bordering on uh, Lower East Side. Would you, that, that, that seems about right to me. It's dedicated to the Dutch uh, governor that uh, defeated the Swedes in New Jersey and. Uh, uh, Torch some uh, Native Americans or uh, Amerindians. 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 Maybe one Peter Stuyvesant, who uh, is uh, a legendary figure here in New York City. He, man, we have Stuyvesant High School, obviously named after him, probably a bunch of other stuff too. He did a lot of important things. You say he, uh, he pushed out the Swedes, uh, killed a lot of Indians. Uh, which, which was absolutely necessary. He let the Swedes live, and he let them have their own laws in New Jersey. Uh, he didn't wipe them out. He just defeated them oh. in a, uh, a siege. And then when the English came in and, uh, and, and defeated the Dutch, then uh, the English sold the Dutch from New Jersey into slavery in Virginia and Maryland. A Dutch slave is not worth a damn, though. Everybody knows that. You buy a Dutch slave. He's like, dude, do you have a coffee maker that's a little better than this one? They're no good at all. They're spoiled. Oh, wow. The Bronx, Bronx Bomb Brothers are getting some jail time. One of the Bronx twin brothers who was arrested in February 2018 for their uh, on bomb-making charges. Sentenced to three years on Wednesday. Uh, Tyler Toro. Tyler Toro's sentence was on the high end of the guidelines, said Manhattan federal judge uh, Richard Berman. But it was half the length of the sentence that Berman meted out last week to Christian Toro. That's his brother, 28-year-old Christian Toro. Christian Toro was uh, accused of being of hiring high school students to remove powder from fireworks for $50 an hour. First of all, man, that is, you are overpaying for that. He also faces uh, outstanding charges. I think they're just mediocre uh, charges of having sex with one of the students while she was still a minor. Now that, $50 an hour, okay. This guy thought that he'd be able to get these kids involved in this, and they wouldn't rat on him. I mean, you could be a hot uh, 30-year-old school teacher and uh, have sex with some high school kid, and he'll tell everybody and ruin his own uh, experience. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they cannot not tell people. Yeah. They, they haven't learned that yet. They haven't learned what do you call, what do you call it, uh, uh, discretion. Uh, there's one thing teenagers that have sex, they might have sex, but they're not going to be impulsive enough to have sex with a teacher and yet not tell anybody. You know what I mean? Like it's a, You'd have to find a real unicorn-type teenager. Well, he just should have moved his operation to Baltimore. He could have trusted those teenagers. Oh, right. Yeah, they keep uh, the uh, the snitches get stitches credo has been enforced in Baltimore since, I think, 71. Mm. You know, so from eight years and up, I mean, these kids know. Yeah, they know from grade school. Snitch. Yeah, they keep, keep it shut. They probably hire him for their bomb-making <laughs> activities. <laughs> Baltimore had a uh, their uh, mayor uh, on the run a little a couple weeks ago. Yes. What the hell was she up to? Uh, one of the people in Baltimore told me that part of what the FBI was looking into was human trafficking, <laughs> the gun mayor. running, gun running. Oh god. <laughs> and and most egregiously, sodomize him. She made money off of a children's illustrated book at the same time that she was in office or something. Yes, that, now that I recall. That seems to be the worst charge. Uh, <laughs> See, at least the one they're really pushing. They're the, sweeping the other stuff under the rug. No shit, because you're right. I did hear about that book thing, but I didn't hear about gun running and human trafficking. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. they found out about that. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's a, and the FBI was looking into it. Now, we don't know if that's true or not, because it could be maybe she wasn't guilty. But usually if they're looking into it, well, they were looking into it probably until they turned up a bunch of ATF agents involved in it and then decided to stop looking into it, and then they went for the, like, the cartoon picture book charge oh, instead. Right. Yeah. That's my theory, anyhow. Wow, because it doesn't seem like that cartoon picture book charge would be enough to take the fuck off 
right? If you're the mayor, you're like, man, we can work this out. <laughs> There's a fine I can pay. Can I just return the money? I'm sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> this bitch is like, I got to go. Wait, wait, uh, I know I'm the mayor, but I got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> The, the mayor, Sheila Dixon, that we had about 10 years ago, mm. uh, we used to call her Steela Dixon. No relation. And she, and she was blatant about it, too. She was Steela? Blatant about it. Yeah, Steela <laughs> Dixon. She actually ran for mayor in the last election and got, like, 20 votes, probably from former Baltimore City cops that she had performed oral sex on <laughs> when she was in the office. You know? 20 of them. <laughs> so, damn it. Uh, did you see? And the newscaster down in Baltimore, and we'll go back on New York City crime. Mary just a minute, But, but the, uh, there was a guy who got fired. It was a chick. Mary oh, it was Bubawa. a chick got fired for saying, like, hey, maybe we need a different kind of mayor. Because we've had uh, the last three have been, well, I guess he said, I guess she said black women, right? Right. Well, this Ooh. resulted in two very important things. One, we're now going to have a, a, a female chief of police in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And? and the other one is, as you always had on Baltimore newscasting teams, you have always had for the past 20 years a black man and a blonde woman. Okay? Yeah, black usually, man. Usually a white blonde, blonde woman. woman. Almost always a white blonde woman. They must have but, tested that and gone, this is, what, this is what people like the most visually. But since this has happened, I have seen three very nice-looking, well-built, young African-American women paired up with white dudes at the news desk. And as a white dude, I like that. Okay? <laughs> a white dude. <laughs> Hey, you got a shot now. <laughs> yeah. You can audition. Right, right. Because I got to show you guys getting along. Go like, yes. hey, no, this city is in the spirit of like the charm city, not the harm city, y'all. My first day back in Baltimore uh, from Portland, Oregon, I got threatened by three hood rats that were uh, walking down the alley hooking school while I was dog sitting for 20 hours. I was in town for 20 hours and some 15 year old. Guy tries, you know, it threatens to kick kick my butt. Yeah, you know, it's just ridiculous down there. And so, what did you do? I was sleeping on the street here last night. I I slept on the sidewalk on 14th Street and Sixth Avenue, right next to the GNC. The bums were all nice to me. They called me brother, mm-hmm. and they weren't too obvious about eyeing up my nice new pack. Uh-huh. I, I would have been probably eaten by hyenas if I had tried that in Baltimore. Really? Yeah, you, there's no way you could do that in, in Baltimore City. Well, Homeless know. guys pack up like 60 at a time, mm. and the guys on the outside of the perimeter get dragged away by hood rats or oh. burned. Or yeah. like a literal hyenas. I know right. you have a problem with that now. Yeah. Right. There is a level of politeness in New York City among, uh, I, I don't know, I'm not really uh, well entrenched in the homeless community, but I know that everybody else has this like attitude and feeling as if like they're a little bit, you know, oh, it's New York, you know, I mean, like they have been, their nose in the air. It's a little bit of that that, that uh, homeless snobbery up here, I guess, you know, or the hobo snobbery or whatever you call it. They've all been very nice to me here. That's what I mean. But, yeah. but like, like being very nice is, uh, is, is um, their way of being uh, better than the homeless people elsewhere. <laughs> they're not reduced to some sort of, we're not animals out here, for Christ's sake. You know? just, <laughs> they're, they're living in the capital of the world. Right? Non-domiciled individuals in the homeless capital. Yeah, and by the way, 78,000 of them now. So, I mean, like, you, you're becoming a voting block here. They are, I guess. You know what I mean? At, at that point, it's like that's enough to like that. You could swing an election with that here, especially if few people vote in the mayoral election because nobody likes anybody running for mayor. Uh, being a homeless guy in New York for, you know, like 12 hours, I've, I didn't feel <laughs> I didn't feel underprivileged at all. Why are you homeless? Uh, I st- some of my books started to get banned right after you and I had our meeting last year. In fact, one of the books that you pushed for me got banned uh, like two weeks later. Yikes! And so I lost my two biggest earning books, and my income plummeted to two hundred and thirty dollars a month. So plummeted to that yeah, shit because I was making I was would be a raise for me. I, I was doing like three seventy a month. I mean, I was banging it out mm. before that. So I would have had to paycheck I, I had, to paycheck. I had two two. Th- things I could do. I could move deep into the ghetto in which I'd have to live out of a backpack because whatever I left in my $200 uh, a month room in Baltimore City would be cleaned out every time I left. Or I could travel around the country uh, to coach all these readers who had written me and asked me to come coach them. And they said they put me up for free. So I've just been bouncing around the country coaching people. Mm-hmm. So I'm technically homeless, but I usually always have a roof over my head. So more itinerant 
Yeah, a vagabond, I guess you could say. Man, that is, uh, that's, uh, it's very, I lived a life very similar to that for a little while, about 16 months before I came here. I did stand-up, and it's like, you know, people would put me up, my sister or whatever put me up sometimes, and different women, if I could fuck them, it would put me up. (laughs) Didn't have to fuck my sister. (laughs) Would have. Uh, you know, and, and you just you, you get a little less picky on your sexual choices too. You know, after a while, you're just kind of like, well, I don't know. You got a cat, <laughs> <laughs> all right? Uh, and yeah, 16 months of that. But it's a you know, I didn't have to do any. Now you train people in fighting, in stick fighting, yes, sir. Yeah, and is that what uh, happened? Boxing, with... stick fighting, knife fighting. And you, you've got you, you've got an eye patch on right now. Uh, yes. Uh, uh... There's a nerve around my right eye that's been spazzing real bad, and it's real sensitive to the light. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, so it's like an eye seizure, so that's why I have the patch on. So that's just to make everybody else feel more comfortable? <laughs> yes, yeah, not to have yes. Not look at that uh, eye spasm. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. The, the black patch with the, with the gaping abyss underneath of it right. is, uh, I thought, would be less uh, intimidating <laughs> than, than having the eye winking at you on its own. <laughs> There's something about an eye patch that sets a tone. Like, Boy, that guy's been through some shit. <laughs> and uh, have you, have you, man? Now that they, and I can't help but observe it. Uh, not so much right at this moment, but like, like the women right now, when it gets hot like this, are practically naked. You know what I mean? Yes. They're, they're what they're wearing is better than nude. Um, a lot of uh, short shorts yesterday is what I saw. But it's it's a retarded time of year. Now this in Baltimore, this happens on the first warm day in February. <laughs> We basically have, like, naked chocolate running all over the place on the street. You definitely want to be in Baltimore City on the first 50-plus degree day in February. Wow. Okay? And naked and chocolate, gonna... by the way, playing at Mercury Lounge this right. weekend. <laughs> right. Now, one of, the, uh, one of my fighters met me here right before you showed up. Mm-hmm. And when I turned around, when I was looking for you on the street... Some young vixen was already throwing herself at his feet like some slave girl in the front of a Conan comic book. <laughs> I got to go give him an attaboy for that. Yeah, definitely. He was making some progress, it looked like. I mean, since she was throwing herself right at him. But I got to say, I don't know if that was a young vixen so much as like. It was a, young for me. She was. <laughs> She was old enough to be promising in my she, book. She I mean, had you know. two eyes and she had <laughs> both of complete them. bilateral limbs. Okay. And she appeared to be symmetrically just arranged. under forty. Yes. That's young for me. There you go. Once just you hit fifty five, you, you you really start uh okay, I got it. In honor of the guy that I stayed with in uh-huh. Portland, Yeti Waters. Okay, is his name. He's a gigantic blues guitarist with kibasa sized fingers. Uh-huh. And uh he was looking for a new girlfriend, and we were at a bar, and I pointed out this this girl that was maybe 115, had nice sea cups, shapely, looked Russian, and I said, how about her? He says, how old do you think she is? And I said, about 35. He said, well, she hasn't been starving herself for 20 years to wake up next to Yeti Waters. <laughs> Okay, we, we, we've got to look for something in my warehouse. Try, try extremely depressed, two hundred pound, thirty year old chicks. So that's like his wheelhouse. My uh, wheel, my, my wheelhouse is insane. You know, thirty nine year old chicks. That sounds okay. to me like yeah, the eventual result of <laughs> the very depressed thirty year old chicks. Right, right, uh, yeah. right, right. Yeah, they, they become those th- if they don't, you know. I don't know. It, it made it's, me a, it's headed that way. It made me a good wingman for him. Right, yeah. Because oh. I could I could keep the older sister occupied. Yeah, you made him look like the good looking one, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. Someone that can Oh my Yeah, yeah, that was nice. God. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. What yeah. See, we're near uh <laughs> the sheer dress with nothing underneath of it. Yeah, yeah. Except I did, I did detect that little line of a fucking thong. But like, uh, yeah, she's there was a lot underneath. What are you talking about? Everything was underneath that. <laughs> Everything <laughs> in the universe. <laughs> the, uh, the, 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 there's a time machine under there for Christ's sake. Oh my God, that chick was. I mean, and you know what though? Any other day, when, when it's not this warm and stuff, and she just walks by, and she's you know like she's average. You know what I mean? Average girls get kicked up to spectacular just by wearing these clingy dresses on a sweaty day like this. Oh, my God. It's retarded. Absolutely retarded. 
Uh, all right. Well, I mean, it, it's it is very very distracting. We have a schools chancellor here now. Racial issues for you. You're very comfortable talking about those kind of things because I was the chief negrologist for the Baltimore metropolitan area for 20 years. I had no idea it was an official position. Yes. Uh, so so you you know. Uh, that uh, you know, sometimes like uh, white people go overboard, and in this case, a Hispanic guy in trying to right the wrongs uh, of the uh, you know, like uh, what would you call it, the, uh, you know, the world and everything that's happened. Like uh, schools, uh, schools Chancellor Richard Carranza, he refuses directly to address claims that anti-white bias outlined in the lawsuit. Uh, he, he says absolutely not true. He says we have the truth on our side. Yeah, of course he denies it. Now, the plaintiffs, all of whom are white women in the DOE's upper uh, echelon, they claim, in the, the, wow, it's a $90 million lawsuit, uh, and uh, that they say that, that they were uh, demoted in favor of less qualified persons of color as part of uh, his campaign to purge the department of, quote, toxic whiteness. Ooh. And I'm proud of the individuals that are serving our children. I would say that the children in New York City, 70% of whom are black and brown, get to see senior level administrators that look like them. Like when you're a kid, do you, do senior level administrators in school, you don't know who the fuck they are or what they look like. I, I never do. Dude, I, I can tell you as a Baltimore City boxing coach, uh, these, these young men, these youths, okay, Ooh. these ebon warriors of the future, they're going to be very upset mm. at seeing less white women when they go to school. <laughs> See, okay. I mean, and these, <laughs> you know, right. I mean, I mean, they got a black woman at home that's going to punch them in the mouth when he comes through the door. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> They don't need any more of that. Right, they, 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 they want to see some ghost tale. What about some diversity? Ghost tale. <laughs> oh, man. I like that. Right. Uh, and, and Hopefully they did something useful with those uh, those privileged Caucasoid wenches and like sold them to a Saudi prince or something like that. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, here they are. Now, you know, they didn't, obviously, because here they are suing oh, they, the guy. Oh, they got, oh, they're still around? Yeah, they're still around. Now they're just like, well, presumably unemployed. I mean, you know what? what you do with a woman like that, put a collar on her, like a good hard collar, and just chain her up in the backyard and say, which one of, whichever one of you is sexiest, I'm going to let sleep inside tonight. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun with uh, a privileged like, lady like that? No, I, I like that. Yeah. I like that. She, uh, and well, you always have the water pipe in the basement, okay, uh, as the stick to go along with the carrot. <laughs> A water pipe. Oh, right. It's a water pipe in the basement. Yeah. Oh, so you chain them to it when, oh, they, when, they, when they get out of line. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. It's, uh, Baltimore area security guards used to chain shoplifters to uh, water pipes in the back room, okay, until the police got there. Uh, who would do this? Uh, uh, private security guards that worked in some Baltimore City retail outlets that I worked in. Oh, right, like a, like at a Walmart or a, a grocery yes. store, that uh, type thing? Uh, a drugstore, particularly Rite Aid drugstores. Uh-huh. Shout out to Mr. Kenny, who's my personal hero. <laughs> He's a big listener. <laughs> Kenny, we appreciate you being out there. Thank 65 you. years old, and he was fighting 20-year-old hoppers. Okay, <laughs> so he was my hero. Well, yeah, you, you got to stay in shape for that shit. Uh, yeah, so anyway, like they're replacing, replacing the white people with the black people, uh, with the people of color. Uh, I don't know how much that's going to change in, in schools. Uh, you know, I, it, it seems to me like you just kind of like fucking uh, here with these upper echelon educated, uh, educated, uh, education administrators do anyway. If you're the superintendent of some bullshit, like, what do they do? Well, they they, uh, do they set the agenda for the schools, what they're going to learn. Or, I mean, they're just parasites. Right. They set these agendas. <laughs> that I have four family members and personal friends who resigned from teaching positions in Baltimore City because of different mandates that, come down from, that came down from higher up. Uh, so those administrators are just in charge of taking that egg of promise in that child's brain and putting it in a blender. That's it. That's uh, all they do. Scramble it up and, 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 and ruin lives. Yeah, that guy right there, you see that guy with the beard right there? He looks to me like he's wearing a wire. All right, uh, so why would he need to be? Hell, we're not, we're wearing a wire for Christ's sake. We're broadcasting. <laughs> I feel kind of uncomfortable with how you have me uh, holding this microphone. Uh, uh, well, the, the angle, the angle that I have to hold this at kind of yeah. makes me look like a tonsil hockey uh, champion. Yeah, and, so. and to be honest, it, it, you, you being on your knees is <laughs> not entirely necessary either. So, uh, but uh, yeah, roll tape. Anyway, uh, a Bronx middle school teacher suspected of raping a 13-year-old student four times. 
uh, and then yeah. attempting suicide the same day the alleged crimes were reported uh, to cops. Okay, okay, a Bronx middle school teacher is suspected of raping a 13-year-old student four times, then attempting suicide the same day the alleged crimes were reported to cops. The same day they were reported to cops. Okay, that makes sense. He didn't do all this on one day. He didn't rape her four times and then try to kill himself, right. which is why I thought at first. That's 28-year-old Jonathan Paul, a teacher at Mott Haven Community School, allegedly met the student after class uh, on May 16th and May 22nd, and then drove to a secluded location, forced himself on her. I don't think he forced himself on her. I don't think he had to. I think he just. I think they just did it, and it's forced himself on her because he's a teacher. Forced himself adult. on her four times. You see how fat that guy is? This, oh, no, no, not him. It? It's this guy. Oh, that, oh, well, maybe he could have caught her when she ran away. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm, yeah, I'm but, impugning the character of this fat sports fan over here. But that's right. not what happened. Okay. We know that's not what happened. I don't think that's what happened. A spokesperson for the City Department of Education said he was immediately uh, reassigned, but did not elaborate when the DOE learned of the allegations or where Paul was moved. Reassigned to the rubber room is most likely what happened. He could sit there and not do anybody any harm. On Tuesday night, he was discovered standing on a divider of I-95 near the Connor Street exit in East Chester, threatening to jump off. Go ahead and jump, you kid fucker. The alleged rapes were reported to police later Tuesday. Uh, not yet charged, admitted Jacoby. Remains on suicide watch. Yeah, I mean, like, here, it's over for you. You fucked a 13-year-old a bunch of times, you know what I mean? Seems like. And it's raping. It's, it's, it's a weird thing, isn't it? You know, age... Because a lot of people age faster than others, you know? I mean, yes. like, people, like, have an age that their chronological age doesn't match to. So a 13-year-old African-American, potentially, uh, you know, a girl, but, a, but an inner-city 13-year-old is going to be, is likely to be uh, physically. And, and that's another thing, is that, like, it doesn't take into account the evolution of how people seem to be, you know, becoming young women uh, earlier in life. I mean, like, 13's too young, you know, but maybe adulthood is, is, is time to step it down. Maybe age of consent should go down. The, the, the only bright side that I see of this is that at least he didn't rape a virgin. Okay, that, that's, that's it. Yeah, it's not like she was six. No, yeah. actually, 11 and 12 is, that when uh, is, is now common ages for... Uh, uh, inner city people to start having sex with, with, with How do girls. How you know that? I'm just uh, joking. Because, I'm just because, the <laughs> because of the guys that I coached. <laughs> and they're like, they all thought I was some kind of rep, uh, a reptile out of a, uh, at a Smithsonian exhibit when they found out that the first time I had sex when I was 17. They're like, <laughs> yeah. That's they're the like, way that's we used a, to do it. No, they're like, no, Mr. Mr. Jimmy, I was like 11 years old. 11. <laughs> Eleven is. I'm like, I was playing with Matchbox cars. I think I think I, think I was fourteen, and but about a year eleven. I, eleven. But yeah, no, I, yeah, I was doing the same thing at eleven. I was like fucking around with like a, a little. Jesus Christ, playing with my toys and stuff. And I guess teachers really too shouldn't, uh, you know, they shouldn't pick up, should they? Yeah, um, how much worse is that? No, I think uh, I. I really think there should be an additional penalty for teachers who rape students. Mm. I think there should be a reward for students who rape teachers. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally re- serious about that. A reward. I'm totally serious yeah, about that. Yeah, you should get that. to skip a grand. Uh, I think they Twelve should just rapes give, and you're out of school. They should give them their GED. Okay, because <laughs> just on they, one they, rape? Well, yeah, because Graduated. they managed to get away with a capital crime without having to do any adult time for it. And their, and their record's going to be expunged when they're 18. Mm. You know, provided they do this when they're under 16. Yeah. So any, like, 11 to 15-year-old that, like, rapes a teacher, they should, uh, they should get their GED because they now understand the adult world. Wow. I'm for that. Okay. And, but, and, but if they get their GED, they, they also they, they need to have their age advanced to 18. Oh, well, no. They no, should because give up th- a few years. No, because I think they should be discriminated against in the workplace as soon as they get into it. It'll put them ahead on the learning curve. Yeah, but then again, they can also, like, go out and commit more crimes against people. They, I mean, they've already... <laughs> I figure they get that reward once, you know? <laughs> Fuck these kids, what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I believe the kids of the future, and I'm terrified. Well, they're our hope. You know, they're going to they're going to bring us out of our sissy shell. They might be your okay. hope. 
You know? <laughs> My hope is to be dead before they get any kind of power. All aboard! Accused sex cult leader Keith Rainier is such a coward, he hid from a woman he'd ordered held captive in a room for two years after she finally escaped a psychological torture chamber to confront him. These stories... Oh, look, it's a pig. Oh, wow. <laughs> this lady's got a pig. How about that? Uh... That's right. Well, it's and she's quite attractive. Yes. Right. Well, I mean, nice. it's a, yeah. Okay. Well, I wonder what that, that pig must okay. be looking for truffles. Okay, mm. so she's got one on a leash. All right. Uh, I remember Keith running to hide, dodging uh, dodging through other people. The ex-Nexium member identified only as Daniela chuckled Riley, as she described him, catching the sign of her at a volleyball game. He started a volleyball game, and he started running to hide, dodging through other people. After he order, he, he had her shut in a bedroom indefinitely, this guy did. She escaped after two fucking years. He had her captive two years in a room. Surely, surely she could have left, right? That doesn't make any sense, man. I mean, that, that's a, that, I didn't think they'd done anything that serious in this fucking cult. <laughs> it sounded to me like he was just a real charming guy. In 2013, in Hermosa Beach, California, there was a Saudi princess who was holding two Filipino girls and a Kenyan girl captive. A prince? A princess. A pr that's a what princess. I thought you said. Okay. And um, they, the Kenyan girl was elected as the most athletic to leap out the window and run and get the police. But they couldn't do anything to this woman because she had diplomatic immunity because she was related to somebody that drove a car for a diplomat or some shit. I don't know what it was. And she, and so that immunity extends to staff. Yes. So, uh, you know, you had three people being held right there in Hermosa Beach. There were eight chicks being held in a brothel by some dude that didn't know how to work his smartphone in Atlanta two years ago. I'll be damned. And one of those girls got out and so, yeah, you, you've got it. I mean, that happens. Yeah. Yeah, but two years. Yeah, there was some beautiful Russian girl that was shoveling the snow in front of this gated and barred house in Baltimore City that wanted to talk to me during a blizzard one day. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't stop and talk to her because I was scared to death that Boris and Ivan were going to come out of that house. And I was going to end up in the basement or under the basement. Oh, a honeypot trap. Uh, yes. Yeah, so. Try to take you down there and, and, and do what? So it's Torture going you. on. Uh, it's going on, you say. People being held captive. Uh, well, traveling on, on, on Amtrak, they have lots of advertisements by their security staff on Amtrak uh -huh. to look out for human trafficking. And they show you the signs. My God. Lots of Latinas and Asian chicks are being trafficked on Amtrak apparently according Ooh. to the Amtrak security. Oh boy. Well so they well they there a lot of them are would be, you know, uh, uh, what is the word? They they're not citizens, right? Undocumented. So if somebody's not documented, they become particularly vulnerable to that sort of crime, don't they? Yes, yes. And so I immediately hatched a plan to uh, to beat up the trafficker and stuff them in the bathroom and then abduct the uh, trafficked person myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but course, then I fell yeah. asleep. <laughs> and then had a pleasant dream. Right. And I, I, I didn't see him again. <laughs> <laughs> I neglected the art, the authorities yeah, when you, I got to the train station. Yeah, I didn't even alert him, right? <laughs> I was somebody, ah, fuck it. I to, I'm, you're 50 yards away from the station at that point. <laughs> fuck it. But uh, that's how you, if you could beat up a trafficker and take away all his fucking people, then they, then they become your people. Well, the trafficker was like this 60-year-old Asian woman. Oh, shit. Uh, okay. I yeah. could beat her up, probably. Yeah, right, right. And she Unless, was trafficking like this 18-year-old Asian woman. Okay. Well, so. in, in beating somebody up, let's say that, like, uh, let's say somebody wants to beat me up, right? Like, like what's the best thing I can do? Because uh, I, 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 right now what I would do would be try to put distance between myself and them. But let's assume that's not an option and I have to physically confront this individual. Uh, the, okay, the best thing your attacker could do is smash your head against the hard surface. The best thing you could do would be to stick one or more of your digits in his eye. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's it. You know. So that's it. It's that simple. It, this is survival. If it's some big goon, you just, just rip at the eyes with your fingers. Uh-huh. And... Uh, if you forgot to wash your hands, all the better. The uh, what he wants to do is basically smash you against a hard surface. So okay, so I, I could like uh, like run my hand like up my ass crack on a sweaty day to make just to just to you know put some ass on the digits first. Maybe it's a good idea. Simple, just to put it in your mouth because your mouth is probably dirtier anyhow. Wow. As, as Are you as saying me in particular? Well, anybody, because, you know, we, we, I've been doing ATM all morning with my wife. 
So I guess I got ass and mouth. <laughs> and she ain't coming near my ass, so it's all ass down there. There's no mouth on it. So, <laughs> so really, is that true? Mouth, you know, I had a guy tell me one time uh, when I was a kid, he said, don't be afraid to eat the pussy because uh, he said, her pussy's a lot cleaner than her mouth. <laughs> Right. I think it does depend on the individual. Then, then she tried to kiss me. I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> Your mouth's dirtier than a pussy. You nasty bitch. That was my first. Jamie. She had a boyfriend in the complex there. I, 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 you know what? I didn't get that at the time. That like, Yeah, sometimes guys in their 30s will fuck somebody that it's not his girlfriend. You know what I mean? I didn't get that at the time. Because well, she was 17. He's 36 or something. And somehow he go he he was giving me advice about sex because I never had sex before. That was my first time. I was uh, yeah fourteen. So like anyway, whatever. That's the way that went. And so I guess she probably wanted me to talk to him about eating pussy. <laughs> <laughs> tell him that it's okay, that it's safe to do that. It's just wise beyond her years. A Bronx man has been charged with trying to kill his son and daughter by slitting their throats with a knife. Carlos Camillo attacked his 12-year-old son and 18-year-old daughter around 11 p.m. Tuesday after his wife told him that she wanted to move out of their Kingsbridge home. He went crazy, went into his son's room, cut his throat. And his wife was able to uh, pull him off the son, but then he allegedly attacked his daughter before the mother stepped in again. Mother ran outside, flagged down a driver, called 911, Cops charged Camilla with uh, attempted murder and two counts of felony assault. Kids taken to the hospital. They're in stable condition. Wow. I tell you, he did not wait for the custody battle to kick in. No. Usually it takes a few months or years of that to, you know, make a guy turn nuts and, and, try and kill the kids. You oh. know? But this guy's immediate. Uh, they, in ancient Rome, that was not against the law. To just the murder the kids? Father had a right to kill uh, his children until they were... Uh, property owners themselves. He, he could kill his daughter as, at whatever age he wanted to if she disgraced him, or whatever reason he decided. Uh, but I the bet sons, you that didn't happen all that often. They probably behaved. Yeah. Yeah. It did not need to happen very much. That's, that's the thing about it, right? Is that like we probably, I bet you they had a much more, in some ways, polite and civil society than we do. Because, like, you know, there is the risk. If you're female, if your dad's alive still, fuck, you know. You're, you're alive at his pleasure. Man, that means that you got to respect the old guys. Yes. <laughs> that's something yes. that's missing from the world today. People don't do that anymore. They've, they've, we've eliminated... Now, I mean, like, it could be a human rights violation, I guess. Well, this was an, that was an age when your top men uh, mostly had military experience. Like, your richest guys. Your richest guys in the Roman Empire... Uh, they weren't like our richest guys. No. Okay. They, they, were, they, yeah. they, were, they were more like the most successful drug runners in the inner city. <laughs> you know, so you're, you're basically dealing with Capone-type characters uh, when your daddy's a super rich dude. Yeah. You know, your, your daddy's that kind of guy in that kind of society. I see. I see. And, and, but that applied to any kind of old, old guy. He didn't have to be the richest guy or the, or the right. most powerful guy. You're just any guy who's had a daughter. Yes. You could just be like, uh, fucking jump in that hole, bitch, and then come fill it in. <laughs> but the, so this guy slid his kid's throat. You have kids? Yes. You do. And so you you know uh, better than I do even, uh, like, how if I get, you got something crawling on your hand. It's like a little yes, insect. Yes, I right? feel him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. it's a, I feel him. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you ever see? Uh, but uh, I don't know. If people with kids... Here's what I don't understand about about it, is how the dads always want to still be involved with the kids and shit when they split up with their women or they want them to be like, uh, you know, like, oh, well, you're not going to take away my kids and all that kind of shit. Even if maybe their relationship with their kids isn't that good. What's, what, what is that connection? Because, like, I, I always think if I had a, a wife and a baby and she's like, I'm leaving you, I'd be like, all right. But you both just like, I, get out of my sight forever. You can have the kid. Here's a, I'll sign whatever you want. I'm not going to pay you any money. Just go away. None of this happened. You know what I mean? Well, I had sons. Uh, so when my wife fired me, she just told me how much it was going to cost me a week. And she told me that I could, uh, that the oldest boy was out of the house. He was on his own, that I could 
come by on Wednesdays and Saturdays and spend time with my youngest son, which I like to do. Uh, it's not like they were daughters and some other dude was just going to end up fucking them anyhow. Uh, uh, you know, they were my sons, so I... You don't uh, even have the option to kill them. Right. I, uh, I just stayed, inv- uh, stayed involved with them, and uh, he was actually 13 when that happened. By the time he was 16, he was running the household. He was having my. He as soon as he found out that he's fucking your ex-wife. N- no, no. <laughs> but as soon as he found out that she could sign my name better than I could, he just he started getting the leases redone and everything. He was a uh, he's a real businessman. That's cool. Uh, even at a young age, he had his own little business from the time he was thirteen, and he started that's making all the decisions because she was no good with money. There you go. All yeah. right. Yeah. So yeah. that's cool. And I started giving the money directly to him. Smart. Oh, really? Yeah. Cash. <laughs> I gave this kid was fourteen. I'm giving him three hundred twenty dollars a week in cash. Yeah. Okay. And and, yeah. and 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 so what would and so she'd do something with the money that uh, well, not he made, smart. He made sure that. Uh, you How know, long that, have you been divorced now? Wow, that was. Uh, wow, that was uh, two thousand two. Two thousand two. I got fired. Two thousand two. Yeah. I think that America started slipping away from us. Around the mid '90s, maybe '90s. I think it's around the time I started doing comedy, which is '96, until 2016. I think those 20 years is when the United States just kind of like was on a long skid. Yes, I I believe so. Yeah, and I don't know what to attribute it to exactly. It just seems like it's just something that happened. It's uh, decadence. There's there's a guy named Glub that wrote a paper that he showed to the UN in the 1950s about. Uh, he, how empires deteriorate and decay and they go through these different phases and basically you got between two and 250 years and just being successful is going to mean that eventually your kids are not going to be worth a shit. The country's going to be so rich, people are going to have it so easy that most of the kids are going to grow up into degenerates. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that this was Glub. Right. Uh, that was his whole name? His last name was oh, Glub. Oh, I think it was Sir John Glub. I wanted his whole name to just be Glub, like he was from another planet. He actually was the general of uh, the Jordanian army. Really? And he, um, he, ran, uh, he ran the Iraqi army for a while, too. This is around the World War II to the Korean War period. Mm. And he, had, uh, he said you got an, an empire, which we have between two and 250 years, and then that's it. Yeah, you would probably name this an empire at the point where we made the Louisiana Purchase, which I think was in 1804. 1804, okay, so 1904, 2004. Yeah, it's hard to tell because the the pace of technological change is so much different than it used to be. We should be wrapping up around 2054, though. Oh, it should be a done deal by then. Uh, I think that what's going to happen by 2030 is the Nimitz-class aircraft carriers are going to be decommissioned, and they're going to be used for a massive African boat lift to Jersey and Florida. I've actually written a book about this, a fiction uh, book called American Dreamboat. So wait a second. Tell me, explain to me what happens here. How does this go? The the demographics in Africa are such that the continent can already not feed itself. Uh, There's going to be a massive boat lift at some point. And yeah, there's going to be a need to, it'll be like the opposite of Operation Wetback, which Eisenhower did in the 50s, which uh, is which was taking people back from where they came from. Aptly named. (laughs) That was the official name. I know. I'm aware, yeah. (laughs) Incredible, isn't it? History is a funny thing. After the point where there's no longer a bunch of these pesky white people in the workforce, when most of your workforce is Latinos, you're going to need an expanded underclass to threaten them and keep them in line. So I surmise the best expanded place Expanded underclass, yeah, you say. Okay. To, to threaten them and keep them in line. Uh, and I surmise... The you best, mean once we're replaced by Latinos? Yes. Okay. So I surmise the best place to get those people would be probably Nigeria. Nigeria? Yeah. Maybe, what about... I think Somalia is a, would be fine, We're too. already getting them from there, but they're, yeah. they're flying them in. I mean, to get real numbers in here, right, you, you yeah. can fit like 10,000 people. In one. You get rid of all those jet planes, mm-hmm. 10, 12,000 people on one of those things. And they got a dozen of them. Okay. Yeah, once you don't need them anymore, once you got drones bombing the shit out of everybody. Oh, right, they're decommissioned. But we, so right. they find a use for these things, yeah, and that's what it sure. is. It's just to, as people sure. movers to get Africa here. Because right. all they had to do was get rid of Gaddafi and pop the cork off of Africa, and then, and then they had all this yeah, flow well, going into in Europe. yeah Italy and everywhere, and, you know, like a, and 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 that's why. Uh, and they think that we're going to get all these. Uh, the third world is never going to come in at, at the rate that it needs to throughout the whole country, 
through uh, Mexico. I mean, like, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll get Guatemala, we'll get as Central, Central American shit, but we're not going to get Africa. So they're going to have to actually boat them over. Yes. I think that makes perfect sense, James. That, that uh, There was a Nigerian cab driver named Boomi who was talking to me during the Baltimore riots. And he looked at me and he said, sir, your Negroes are out of control. And I was like, you know, who am I, Robert E. Lee? No, I mean, you know. And he told me, he said, I, I can go back to Nigeria and I can get you enough good ones to replace all these worthless ones you have here. Okay, so I think Boomy's statement might echo down through the ages. Is that where you got the idea, like for the book? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you owe Boomy money. <laughs> wow, that is a what a statement, man. Your ca- sir, your cab drivers in Baltimore are out of control. <laughs> Well, what had happened is uh, he's a member of a church, and 30 men uh, that were members of this Nigerian Christian church came to Baltimore and set up their own cab business. Uh-huh. Uh, they started to become targeted in the winter of 2015 for violent crime. Okay. Because they were known to be Africans and not uh, African Americans. And uh, they, oh. everybody except for Boomy, since he was the elder guy, he got the airport run which was a nice, safe run. All the other guys had to pull up stakes and move to other American towns, uh, you know, wonder worlds like Houston and Chicago, where it's not so violent as Baltimore. I see. So, oh, so he's the only surviving member of that group. He was the he last was one there. And he's, tight, yeah, tight. As, as Baltimore was burning, he looked at me on the bench while I was taking my break at the grocery store, and he, he was checking out, and he said, Sir, can I ask you a question? You know, can I say something? And I said, sure. And he said, your Negroes are out of control, sir. You know? <laughs> and I, you know, I just told him I seem to have misplaced my bugle, my saber, and my entire trooper cavalry. I'm sorry. You know, I'm under-equipped for this mission. <laughs> this, uh, why are you saying this to me exactly? <laughs> it was because I had a silvery beard. I think that was it. <laughs> You look like you remember a time. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Also in the Boogie D, a Bronx woman has been arrested in the death of her 18-month-old son found with a cocktail of fentanyl and heroin in his system. Oh, my goodness. 23-year-old Dara Santana Gonzalez charged Friday with murder in the December death of Darwin Gonzalez Santana. She was already behind bars at Rikers on drug charges. Now she's charged with that, reported uh, unconscious. Uh, Dar was inside a taxi, University uh, Avenue. So, I mean, like, why are you giving drugs to the kid? To make it sleep? Kid was only 18 months, for Christ's sake. Kid didn't want to get high. 18 months. 18-month-old kid. Well, how many other kids did she have? Fentanyl and heroin. How many others? Oh, yeah. If she already hit the five limit, she's not going to get any food stamps for the sixth one. Mmm. Now, you know what? I don't know. It doesn't say. Maybe that was it. You got it. would be her one and only son. It probably had more to do with uh, her hating the father. That's usually where this is. Right, right. Now, now white women, if they hate the father, they'll just have the boy get a sex change. Uh. Okay. But, you know, uh, black black chicks have a higher time preference. Sex change. That's uh, no. That takes me back. Now they know it's like it would guide them into a trans lifestyle. Yes. Right? yes. But sex change so much more economical. Uh, McDonald's chair attack bus. They've nabbed a woman who allegedly assaulted a man with a chair while spewing hateful comments in a Chinatown McDonald's earlier this year. Forty-nine-year-old Rosa Portelli. Uh, arrested Tuesday in the March 25th attack in which sources say she picked up a chair and attacked a 33-year-old Hispanic man while yelling, fucking Mexican, fucking immigrant. Uh, cops caught up with Portelli in jail. She'd been behind the bars uh, of Rikers Island. Been behind bars on Rikers Island uh, since uh, May 10th on unrelated charges of assault and criminal contempt. So they nabbed a woman. This, uh, she was spewing hateful comments in a Chinatown McDonald's and, and hit a guy with a chair. Attacked a 33-year-old guy with a chair. You know, fucking Mexican, fucking immigrant. Uh, you know, I don't think that this is Trump's emboldening. Is she Amish? Is that did they, did they say she was Amish? Or no, I don't think she's Amish. She, Rosa Port, forty-nine-year-old Rosa Portelli. No, I think she's just uh, awful. Oh. I think oh. she's oh. like she must be like a uh, like a fucking. Uh, I mean, I don't mean to be judgmental, you know, but people who hit people with chairs, I just cannot fucking, you know. I mean, I'm at McDonald's. The last thing I I want to deal with is some, you know, middle-aged woman hitting me with a fucking chair. Oh, look at this, they're fighting over here. Look at that, they're training. 
They're practicing something called Wing Chun. Wing Chun? Yes, they're doing uh, sticky hand exercises. Everybody Wing Chun tonight. And they're sticky hand, you said? Yeah, they call it sticky hand exercise. It's grabbing without grabbing. They don't use the thumb, but they'll, like, cup the other guy's arm like that. Or Why don't they use the thumb? Because you, know, uh, you risk your thumb? They don't want to wrestle because it's supposed to be an art. It means beautiful springtime. It was developed by a Chinese nun. It was supposed to enable a small person to defeat a larger person that was trying to hit them. And she was smart enough to know that unless she wanted to get fucked, she didn't want to be wrestling with any dudes. So, and the system is famously ineffective against wrestlers. Ah, ineffective against wrestlers. Igor Vivayachin, uh destroyed the best Wing Chun guy and it in an MMA competition in the late 1990s. Yeah, it's it's not good against guys that are going to wrestle you. But it's, yeah, that's what he gets for using nun grappling. Yeah, it's it's really good against guys that do uh, Taekwondo and uh, Shotokan Karate, which is basically, it's kind of designed against that type of fighting system. It's a countermeasure system. A countermeasure system. Right. So you just got to be fighting against the right type of style. Yeah, they have one technique in it that boxers use. It's called a wing block. And... Uh, yeah, yeah, she w oh, wow. Walking okay. her, walking her little yeah, poodles Yeah, so there. we yeah. have an eye candy parade here. Yeah, oh, right, yeah, it's ridiculous. Okay. Yeah, she's walking those two little poodles. I'm right, like, she, has she two just poodles. looks. She just looks like the lead poodle, doesn't she? Yeah, she looks like the third lead poodle, and not so much like a human walking two dogs. <laughs> Although she's much larger than them in terms of height, I think she weighs about the same as those dogs. She's very thin. <laughs> Oof, boy, oh boy, wouldn't you love to mm, break her? I say I get. I'd like to take her, break her in half. Give you half. I'll take the other half. We'll go our separate ways. <laughs> Neither one of us would be unhappy. <laughs> I don't care which half you want. You can pick. Top half, bottom half. I take just the just from. I'll take the hips down. That'd be a day. Damn boy. I mean, I could sit here and 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 watch the women go by all day, James. But uh, you you probably got more important shit to do and. God knows I don't, but look at this beautiful day. Look at this. New York City, man. You're, when are you going to just come here and settle down? This is the place for you. Well, I plan on this being my last visit, actually. What I, are you talking about? Last? I, I, I didn't want to come back. It's just a pain in the ass to get here, and uh, it's expensive. And, you know, uh, I wasn't looking forward to sleeping on a sidewalk. But there was a young lady, single lady that wanted to meet me, and it's a platonic thing, so it wouldn't have been proper for me to sleep in her studio apartment. She's somebody that, like, I'm kind of like her mentor. Oh, I see. You know, and she, she sent me medicine when I was sick. And I was curious and about everything, that. Cause I thought, so I you like, said you were going to meet up with a female, and then the, the, you would not be uh, staying in her uh, place. It was, it was surprising to me. I kind of figured that you had it lined up. Yeah, no. But it's no, a different no, type of thing. A, yeah, she's uh, outside of my wheelhouse, as Yeti Waters would say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, yes. I understand. <laughs> so, uh, okay, well, um, never again. I, this is the last time you and I will see each other in New York City, I guess. That's terrible to hear. When are you leaving? Are you, this is it? This uh, is the last conversation we'll have? If that's true, we're going to do this another hour. The, the, the guy that... Uh, is uh, probably bagging some Vietnamese chick in the park right now. It's uh -huh. going to take me to New Jersey Transit Authority place so I can get to New Jersey. And uh, and I spend a week in New Jersey. Then I have, uh, I'll have i be in a small town in Pennsylvania. Then I'll be in another small town in Pennsylvania. I go to different places to coach knuckleheads. So you just don't know when you'll be back. It doesn't mean you'd never be back, right? I, I'll, uh, I could come back for a visit sometime when I'm in New Jersey, but I don't think I'm going to do a direct to New, New York trip again. Mm. Uh, it, it just felt like too much like a cattle car. Uh, mm. yeah. uh, really? But, yeah, I just... I. I yeah, you know, the thing is, uh, Baltimore is not a big city compared to New York, and there's not nearly as many people. I spent most of my life in Baltimore outside at night going to work when it was like me and the two guys hunting me on the street, and that's it. <laughs> uh, this many, even this many people, you never see this in Baltimore. Oh, really? Just this right here. Oh, and there's nobody and around. And at night, there's it, nobody. It's, it's, it's you or the cop who's going to kick your ass and rob you or, <laughs> yeah, or the hood rats that, you know, want to hunt you down. Same and, thing, yeah. And do the same shit to you that the cop will do to you. Yes. <laughs> Tell you, it's oh, they're nice enough not to arrest you. you know? I mean, <laughs> At least, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be damned. 
All right. Well, hopefully I'll get to see you again then, but maybe not. Hopefully if I get my computer fixed, we can maybe Skype sometime. Oh, that'd be cool. All right. Well, I I do the occasional podcast uh, with, with people. Yeah, I've heard and, you. And aliens and stuff, not hey. just people. Yeah, yeah, with whoever, right? There, there's a, a young lady that calls me up once a month, and we do a podcast. She does it. She just talks to me, and I try to be the biggest asshole possible. I've heard her, yeah. and I've heard you guys talk. She's very, actually very good. What's her? I forget her name, though. Uh, Lynn Lockhart. Lynn Lockhart, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. For She's the Crackpot Podcast. Crackpot Podcast, yeah. And, she, right. and she does it every week, but she but you're a once-a-month uh, feature? No, or, no, no she just, just you guys. She's actually my editor. She's a volunteer. She just thought it was tragic that my books had no editors or proofreaders, so she got together a team of people to edit and proofread my books, and she decided to do podcasts. Well, well you know what? Them. I'm glad that came up because I need to tell people where where I need to where do you want where should we send people to to check out your the stuff you've written, your books, buy your books and stuff. Oh well, uh, there's case. a there's a James Lafon blog spot, or you could just Google James Lafon. Uh, I have like 150 books out there. 150 Different books, things. and it's James LaFond. That's one word, LaFond, L-A-F-O-N-D. Oh, the book for your listeners, since you're you're a sexual kind of guy, oh, sure. I would say would uh, be your Trojan horse, spelled W-H-O-R-S-E. It's the manual for female management. It breaks women down into the only four types in which they are configured. There is the whore the slave girl, the priestess, and the manizer. That is it. There are no other types of women. Okay. Okay. So, and, and this is your this, own breakdown? And, and this is, well, it's the universal breakdown recognized by you, by me as a zoologist. Uh, okay. Wow. I and, love it. Okay. Man. Okay. So uh, tr- this is your Trojan horse? Yes, your Trojan horse. And, and, the manual and, 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 of female ownership. I love that it's a manual. Yeah, your Trojan, like as if you just purchased it and you're reading out. Your Trojan horse, which you have, which is, <laughs> which is now yours. Here's the owner's manual. Perfect. All right then, uh, go go and find that. And and so uh, James Lafond, uh, a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. And uh, thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. <laughs>